When you visit Arizona, time is measured in moments, not minutes. Like the moment you see the Grand Canyon for the first time. Visit a new state of mind. Learn more at hereyouareaz.com. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Sowing the seeds of cannabis and sounding the praise of our favorite plants, it's time to Hempresent. Our radio resident Hempo-Sapien Vivian McPeak will present a weekly platform for guests and listeners to Hempresent about hemp and cannabis from the legal, activist, and reformist route. Let's round up and roll it up for our headmaster of hemp, Vivian McPeak. Present the weekly radio show where you can get your PhD in THC because you don't just want to burn it, you want to learn it. Seeking to defeat prohibition one interview at a time and advocating for the plant, the whole plant, and nothing but the plant. Join me for a weekly reefer radio rebellion against prohibition as I speak with some of the principal risk takers, movers, and shakers, and history makers of the cannabis industry, culture, and reform movement and beyond. I'm your host, Vivian McPeak. I am the executive director of the world's largest annual cannabis policy reform event, the Seattle Hemp Fest, celebrating its 25th year found at hempfest.org. I'm also the author of the book, Protestable, a 20-year retrospective of Seattle Hemp Fest from AHA Publishing, also found at hempfest.org. Transmitting from a fortified bunker under a ramshackle reefer radio warren at an undisclosed location. Deep within the rumbling bowels of underground Seattle, my goal is to spread the green flame of 420 truth in 30-minute increments. Today's guest on Hempresent is Shiloh Jama, the co-founder of the People's Harm Reduction Alliance, who will join me in just a moment. 25 years ago, I was a 30-something activist musician type living in Seattle. I belonged to a volunteer community action group called the Seattle Peace Heathens. We were a motley assemblage of hippies, punk rockers, homeless people, and other forms of social outcasts. And the one thing that we had in common is that we had a desire to give something positive to our community in the name of the counterculture. The idea was that there were a variety of organizations that mainstream people could hook up with to do volunteer community work, but there was really nothing like that for alternative culture people, some of whom wanted to be involved in positive community efforts. We had a few slogans. Saving the planet one neighborhood at a time was one, and doing something about doing nothing was another. We called ourselves punk metal hippie gypsy psychedelic Samaritan Rangers. We distributed, free of charge, 21,700 hard copy crisis resource guides that we produced, the online version of which is still active at seattlecrisis.org. We held monthly potluck meetings in the parks for many years, as well as other public events. For several years in the early 1990s, the Seattle Peace Heathens operated a free table on University Avenue in Seattle's U District. We set up a table on the sidewalk and gave away free tea and coffee, sandwiches, fruit, socks, underwear, clothes, toilet paper, condoms, and HIV information. But the Seattle Peace Heathens were not the only presence there in front of the old Tower Records on the Ave. It was at that exact same period that a tall, thin, bushy-haired Canadian-born activist with thick caterpillar eyebrows and an infectious 1,000-watt smile began setting up a small folding table several feet down from our free table. That activist's name was Bob Quinn, 
and be, he began Beyond Chaos Community Health and AIDS Outreach Service at that spot on the sidewalk tucked next to a Nordstrom's. It was essentially a needle exchange, which was literally run out of his backpack that provided injection drug users with clean needles to prevent the spread of HIV and hepatitis C. Bob became a friend of ours and a regular fixture on the Ave. It was not long before his needle exchange product had project had attracted both volunteers and clients. The needle exchange went on through many changes through the years, but it always came back in some new incarnation. Bob Quinn, with his bright eyes and his wild mane of long grain hair, drifted in and out of homelessness, and he regularly experienced bouts of depression. A tremendously gifted, intelligent, kind, and complicated person, Quinn was an equally tortured soul, possibly too deeply feeling and caring for this cold and personal world. In November of 2012, Bob Quinn committed suicide, but before he left the world, the universe... The university-based needle exchange that he had started had advanced to being one of, the, one of, if not the most effective, comprehensive, and bold needle exchanges in America. And that is in great part because Bob Quinn had created a community around his project, and he mentored the volunteers he worked with, many of them drug users themselves. One of those protégés would carry Quinn's important work into the present. The current organization operating the exchange is the People's Harm Reduction Alliance, which is an independent operation, not run by any government agency. The PHRA runs a needle-based needle distribution program serving the region of Cascadia since 2007. PHRA works under the philosophy of harm reduction to educate the community about safer drug use and fight the spread of infectious disease. They are a peer-run organization, meaning that they have active drug users at all levels of the organization. Shiloh Jama is the director. He's joined me today to speak with you. And for full disclosure, I will add that Shiloh and I worked together years ago during the PC Then Days and also briefly at the Seattle Hemp Fest. And we've been friends for many years. Welcome, Shiloh. Welcome. That's an amazing introduction. <laughs> Thank you. Shiloh, the People's Harm Reduction Alliance, which The Stranger Magazine recently called one of the most daring and innovative needle exchanges in the country, just celebrated its 25th anniversary. Can you tell me what is the goal and the mission of the organization? We see ourselves as a human rights organization for and by drug users. Our goal is to realistically end the drug war and to change the way people see drug use and drug users. How many total syringes have you exchanged and what other services do you offer? So we have uh, exchanged slightly under 4 million syringes in the Cascading area, including Portland, um, just last year. We're the largest needle exchange in the country, and we're one of the only ones that are really engaged drug users in all aspects of power. I mean, you can kind of go back and... Bob Quinn's vision was we would be a community effort, and now we've kind of fulfilled that vision of everyone has a voice in our community, and we literally do an election at the table if we're going to change services. Some health department officials refer to the PHRA as a rogue operation. What would they mean by that? Well, I think they would mean that we don't really ask permission to do anything. We just go and do it. And so, for example, about... Six or seven years ago, a man came up to us and said, hey, you know, you're really assholes. Like, you say that you care about drug users, but I'm a cocaine smoker, and you don't care about me. You have no services for me. You know, what about my needs and what about my community? And, you know, it was a life lesson. It was like, you're right. We have forgotten this. We focused so much on the needle, and we didn't, like, we started to exclude people through that system. And so we talked to them, and he helped educate us, and we became one of the first crack pipe, uh, our favorite crack pipe distributors in the entire country. 
and now there's many sites that do that. For you know, we also have now handed out mess pipes, wound care kits, and we were one of the first people in the state to hand out naloxone. And to be perfectly honest, we handed out in 2000, which was a decade before it became legal. And so I think we get our reputation by Rogue is we do it before it's legal and before it's socially accepted. And we push society and we push government entities to always be pushing forward against the drug war. You have publicly stated that your program is a reaction to your community's needs and that you don't provide a service that's pretty, you provide a service that's necessary. What would be taking place in our community if the People's Harm Reduction Alliance did not exist? Well, first, we would have a higher overdose rate. We would have a higher hepatitis B and HIV rate. And I think, for me, the most important thing that we do, and I think people miss this, is our most power is when people come to us, we say, we love you just the way you are. And we build people's self-image because the whole world, and we've spent trillions of dollars convincing people that they are evil and bad because of their actions. And I think we forgot to tell them that they're loved and they, you know, have a place in this world and that they're being, they were proud of them just the way they are. And people make better decisions if you're loved and if you're cared for. And if you feel that you have a community backing you and supporting you. So that's actually where I think we do the most power and the most good. So society thinks they're going to battle addiction by further attacking people's self-esteem. That seems like the opposite way to approach the issue, right? Yeah, I mean, think about this. So mostly, like, if you are living in Washington, right, and you were smoking marijuana in 2000, right, you were a criminal, you were a subhuman population, they said that you were robbing people and you were stealing from people and, you know, you should feel bad and you should hide under your covers just to smoke a joint, you know, and then we, what I call semi-legalization is what we have in Washington. And so we said, hey, you know, you can go and buy it in a store. You know, we're not going to arrest you for possession. We're not going to arrest you if you smoke at your house. Then people are telling their doctors, oh, yeah, I smoke marijuana. People are, you know, it becomes this, like, socially acceptable thing. Well, those people who you think are people now, those people were treated incredibly poorly and have honestly intense trauma about what happened to them in the drug war. And there are many drug users who use many substances that are in their same boat. We've essentially decided that some drugs are okay and some drugs aren't. No doubt you all have saved thousands and thousands of lives over the years. I mean, you've exchanged four million needles. But someone has also probably received a syringe from you and I imagine used it to overdose with. What do you say to critics who claim that you're promoting drug use by enabling addicts to continue their self-abuse? You've obviously heard those kind of criticisms. Well, I I would say this. So for every single person who would listen to you if you told them to stop using drugs, they have already stopped. What do you do with everyone else? They're going to find a needle. They're going to find ways to get high. And they're either going to get a needle that has been shared 20, 30, 40 times. They're either going to, I mean, people use those eyedroppers to make their own needles that will give them incredible damages, incredible scars, and before there was syringe exchange. So drug use hasn't changed. We've just made it a place that you're not going to die. And so let's say you have the stigma and you feel drugs are all bad and people who use drugs are all bad. Well, the vast majority of those people will stop using illegal substances at some point, 
and we would rather them have successful lives. And for the people who died of overdose, that affects everyone, and it affects me. I've had seven overdoses. So that means that any one of those seven times, I could have died, and I wouldn't be this radio station. I wouldn't be pushing and fighting for my community, and we will lost community member, and that's, that's irreplaceable. You know, we, like, through the AIDS crisis and through overdose rates, we're losing a community, a community that honestly can achieve anything they want. I mean, we have many people who use our service who are now business owners, who are lawyers, you know, even some who aspire for public office, uh, and we still love them too. I am talking to Shiloh Jama from the People's Harm Reduction Alliance. We're going to take a quick pause for the cause because there's flaws and laws here. Word from our sponsors, and we'll be right back. We're just getting started. Don't go anywhere. Time to roll out for the people that let us have present. Hang loose. We're coming right back. Dr. Dabber, hurry. Its temperature is shooting past 1,000 degrees Fahrenheit. It's burning up. I'm afraid for this little guy, it's just too late. What caused the problem? Only Dr. Dabber can maintain the perfect temperature for a smooth-tasting, slower burn. This standard vaporizer lost all of its health benefits, sending it up in smoke. So you're telling me that most vapor pens burn so hot they produce smoke, not vapor? Correct. Keep away from those standard vaporizer pens and turn to Dr. Dabber, doctor's order. Less heat, more flavor. com, your guide to the cannabis business world. com is a comprehensive resource for cannabis professionals and entrepreneurs. Download the Gondrepreneur app on your smartphone or tablet to catch up on cannabis industry news, scroll through our daily job listings, and learn about successful cannabis companies, executives, and investors. com, helping Gondrepreneurs grow. Growing green to generate more green. Hello to all you happy herbalizers, smiling, trippy hippies, and everyone who believes in freedom and tolerance. This is The Grow Show, and I'm Kyle Cushman. From food to fuel, from remedy to resource. Welcome my guest, Ed Rosenthal, the guru of ganja. Let me ask you, right now I hear your lighter clicking. Are you smoking indoor, or are you smoking sun-grown? What am I smoking? I'm smoking concentrate. <laughs> Way to get out of the answer there. So you're truly like the, the, the king, right? You just have you just clap your hands and somebody brings you a bowl and you're all set, right? Mm, I wish that were the case. <laughs> the Grow Show with Kyle Cushman, only on CannabisRadio.com. We're back to Hemp Presents, only on Cannabis Radio. Now... Back to our headstrong emperor of hemp, Vivian McPeak. I'm back on Hemp Present on Cannabis Radio with Shiloh John from the People's Harm Reduction Alliance. Shiloh, did meeting Bob Quinn change the direction of your life? What kind of person was Bob? Well, Bob was one of those people that I've had to be perfectly honest, was the most loving and caring human being when he engaged low-income folks, people living in poverty, people with mental illness, people who use drugs. He did not have time for very many people after that. <laughs> he was kind of like the poor man's priest. He was very sweet, very loving, very caring. He was a great listener. I can tell you that what changed my life is I had a friend who died of an overdose, and I said, hey, you know what? I am done with this. I'm done with the hatred. I'm done with stigma. I'm going to fight back. And I went to all these social service places, and they said, no. You're a homeless junkie. The only thing you're going to do is die. We don't want you to work with you. We don't even want to be seen with you. And I came to Bob, and he said, hey, 
you can come on Wednesday. You're going to be one of my volunteers. And I showed up on Wednesday, and I worked my table shift, and the next week I was 30 minutes late, and he says, hey, I said five to seven. This is a commitment that you have to hold to. And I started holding to that, and he gave me love and compassion and, you know, really adopted me as almost his own child. And he gave me a chance at life that people had kind of passed me over and forgot about me. And so, you know, what, you know, in the end, he helped save my life in a way of giving me something responsible to do, giving me something to believe in, and organized me into this place, you know. And, you know, full disclosure, you know, where I learned most of my activism was honestly as a young teenage volunteer at Seattle HempFest in the early years. HempFest gave me a place where, like, hey, you can volunteer and you can be a coordinator or something. You know, you can, we, we want to hear your ideas of how to make things better. And, you know, those, these are places that build communities and also build a sense of purpose and come out. There's lots of people who come out of these places to do lots of different things. So, for example, whether it's the Yiddish Reno Change, the Peace Seasons, or HempFest, there's lots of volunteers who engage these places and then go off and build, find the hill they intend to die on, and do these food programs, these civil rights programs, all these things. So it's about, you know, this ever-flowing community and this community of love. And to that I say ho. Uh, Shiloh, there exists in every community in America what officials refer to as an opiate overdose epidemic taking lives. What do you think is behind these statistics and how much responsibility goes to the pharmaceutical-based medical industry? Well, I would say the pharmaceutical industry has helped cause this epidemic through their pill mills. I mean, people forget that OxyContin said it was non-addictive when they started handing it out, and they had to pay lots of fines and lots of people to say, oh, whoops, it was addicting, you know, because it is. It, it, it has opiate, it has a large amount of opiates in it and got people physically addicted, and then they cut them off. And there was no treatment facility. There was no love. There was no compassion, you know, trying to work with them. It was, you're off into the street. Yeah, there's no, there's no and, program. The program is, you're cut off. Yeah, and that is the most unhelpful thing you, you can do for someone who is in this dependent place. You need to have counseling. You need to have services. And so why is there an overdose rate? Well, part of it is the drug war has created this shame system that you're a bad person for using. So if you tell your best friend you're an injection drug user, oh, you're a bad person. If you tell your partner, you know, oh, I can't believe I'm, you know, with someone who's like you. So what you end up doing is you use alone and you use unsafely and you, you, you have your own self-shame. You know, I can tell you my own transformation as a drug user is one of my volunteers told me, hey, you know, you're really my, one of my heroes. And I thought in my mind, I'm a drug user. I can't be a hero. Drug users aren't heroes, right? And that was my own self-image my own hatred and my own, you know, listening to the drug war, right? And I remember talking to someone about this, and they said, well, why can't you be a drug user and a hero? Why can't you be both? And that's where I said, you know what? I'm going to be honest in my community. I'm a drug user. I use drugs. And let's be clear. I use drugs like alcohol. I use drugs like caffeine. I also use other drugs, you know, so like Shiloh, cocaine. You, you, take it, you take it a step farther. You wear a shirt that says, proud to be a drug user. Why are you proud? Absolutely. Because I am proud to be who I am. Drug use is just one part of me, just <laughs> like my love of 
of soccer, just like my, you know. And oh, so, you're, the, so what you're saying is that you're not a perfect person, but you love yourself anyway. I'm not a perfect person, and I look right? in the mirror, and, and I look in the mirror, and I say, if there's something I don't like about myself, I can change it, and only I can be the one to change it. And I'm not going to listen to what people want me to be. I'm going to be the best person I can be. And it's the same thing I tell everyone who comes to the exchange. You want to be a drug user? We want you to be the best damn drug user you can be. You want to be sober? We want you to be the best at that you can be. You want to be, you know, owner of a clothing store? We want you to fulfill your dreams. We want you to reach for the stars because you will never get there if you don't reach for it. I mean, just like if we sit down and say, hey, we're in the exchange, we do lots of great service, but you know what? We've made it to the pinnacle of our world. You know, we're honestly failing. We need to reach for the stars. We need to make sure that drug users are treated with respect and dignity. We need to make sure that people who have serious addiction issues are treated medically with doctors and compassion and detox facilities and, you know, support with methadone, buprenorphine, all of those services. Just like we would treat any other human being who had cancer or had any other disease. You know, and we also need to acknowledge that there's a lack of people who use drugs who aren't addicted who are using it for various reasons because they're fun and they're exciting to their own self-medication, you know. And so people, you know, do this. And now lots of people use other drugs to control their habits with one drug. I mean, there's lots of people who use marijuana so they don't use heroin, and they've decided that marijuana is less harmful to them than opiates. That's okay. That's their decision because they have the power as the individual. Shiloh, naloxone or Narcan is the medication that can revive opioid addicts from an overdose. It's come to be seen as an essential tool to combat the skyrocketing number of overdoses. Is naloxone readily available in Seattle? And if so, who has it? Well, I can tell you that it is readily available in Seattle. There is some complication. So you can get it from us at People's Harm Reduction Alliance in the University District. You can go to our website, peoplesharmreductionalliance.org. We also do have a delivery team in Northeast, Northeast King County, and if you live outside of King County, you can always check our website because we have many different sites from Bremerton to Ellensburg to Portland and to Olympia where you can get Narcan. So Narcan is this drug that has you know, been in the news a lot, and so what have the drug companies done? It used to be a $1 a dose for us to buy it, you know, and so we'd buy hundreds and thousands of vials and we give it out readily available. And so what they've done this year is they said, you know what, we can make money off of life-saving medicine. So why don't we charge $15 a dose, and we'll tell everyone now it's $15 a dose, and little small, tiny nonprofits like the People's Time Reduction Alliance, they're going to be forced to pay it. So what are they going to do, not save a life? And so that has skyrocketed our costs. You know, literally our cost was... $10,000 a year, right? Now it's going to be $150,000 a year just for the same medicine. And just, just, an and arbitrary, you know, just an arbitrary hike in price? It's an arbitrary hike in price. The, the price didn't change at any other level. What happened wow. is people, more people started selling it and it got more in the news, so they knew they could charge people more. And so really the drug company is, again, it's a generic drug. There's no reason it needs to be $15 a dose. They seem to be fairly unwilling to want to work with us. And so, yeah, we're going to still save lives, and we're going to have to raise even more money just to, to save a life. And for me, you know, it doesn't really matter the cost. We're going to try to save those lives. But come on, 
if I can save a life for $3 or $2 getting someone an Narcan kit and making it readily available, making it so Anna can have anywhere we are, we can have it, we can give hundreds of vials to some shelter or some other organization wants to hand it out, or are you going to say, hey, here's $15 an hour, you have to fundraise it's been all your work just trying to keep this thing on the shelves, you know, which do you think would be easier and have better access for people to have Narcan? So, again, you can come to the Eugene Exchange, you can get the Narcan, but also, you know, I think you need to call drug companies like Aspira and say, hey, this is unfair, we want Narcan readily available in our community, and why have you condemned people to die? What is the Urban Survivors Union? So the Urban Survivors Union was created, I was one of the co-founders, and Courtney Chaos and some other folks were another, the people may know, were also co-founders. What it was is we saw that drug policy was being run, and drug policy reform was being run by people in suits. It was being run on people who weren't connected to people on the ground, weren't drug users, and they were passing these laws that were ineffectual or these moral wins, but weren't really, you know, helping on the ground. And so what we did, and what I did, was I co-founded a drug user union, which meant that you had to be a drug user to be a member of this union. And we meet at the University Temple Methodist Church at 1415 Northeast 43rd in Seattle, Washington, first Thursday of the month. We also have chapters in San Francisco and Greensboro. But it was a way that it was going to be nothing about us without us. The drug users were going to take charge of their own health and lobby politicians, change perceptions of drug use, you know, so that's where it got started. And it was honestly, I thought when we started this in 2009 that, you know, we're going to do this and we're going to fight this fight, but, you know, it's going to be a hopeless cause because no one's going to be on our side. But, you know, suddenly, and I'm going to get really uncomfortable with people here, is suddenly lots of white people started going to jail. And then people in middle class started going to jail. And people were really unhappy and so now more and more people are against the drug war. But let's be honest, people are against the drug war because the drug war is designed for black, Latino, and Asian people to go to prison. And now that more and more whites are going to prison, it's become socially unacceptable. I need you to hold that yeah. thought for a moment because we've got to take another quick commercial break. We'll resume this conversation on the other side in just a couple Perfect. seconds for uh, we'll finish this conversation in just a minute. Be right back. Time to roll out for the people that let us have present. Hang loose. We're coming right back. The next generation of vaporizers has arrived. Vuber vaporizers are blazing the way with unparalleled technology for oil, concentrate, or dry flower pens. Providing unsurpassed customer service and expert craftsmanship, Vuber vaporizers use cutting-edge technology, providing a power-packed, smoother vapor with a lifetime guarantee. Experience vaporizing the way it was meant to be, the Vuber way. Are you paying too much for your paid advertising? Or have you quit altogether because it seemed like a huge waste of money? I'm David Ogletree, president of WME Training. Did you know that companies waste 25% of their PPC spend on average? At WME Training, we can show you how to make your AdWords account a lean, mean, converting machine. Whether you're just starting out or want to take your skills to the next level, we have a class for you. Contact the marketing experts at WMETraining.com. Doc Rob, the concierge for better living. 
Cannabis is just one of the many great plants that we have on this planet called Earth that we can use consciously and intelligently to improve our well-being. Take a real, raw, inside look at healthier living while sharing great ideas and improvements for a better quality of life. Learning to live and live well is a lifelong process. This is a journey. It could be you could be 80 years old or 8 years old. You can still learn something that's going to make tomorrow a little bit healthier, a little bit easier, a little bit happier, a little bit better. The Concierge for Better Living with Doc Rob. Only on CannabisRadio.com. We're back to Hemp Presents, only on Cannabis Radio. Now, back to our headstrong emperor of hemp, Vivian McPeak. And we are back for the wrap-up of our discussion with Shiloh Jama for the People's Harm Reduction Alliance on Hemp Present. So, Shiloh, uh, finish up there with a survivor, uh, Urban Survivors Union, and then tell me how people can get a hold of uh, – people can find out more about your awesome projects. So the Urban Survivors Union is a essentially organized drug users to end the drug war. We'd love for you guys, to, anyone to get involved. We have a Facebook called just Urban Survivors Union. If you also want to get involved in the People's Harm Reduction Alliance and do more of a direct service stuff, you can contact us at peoplesharmreductionalliance.org. And don't forget to, if you know a drug user, to get them Narcan and get them support and to tell them that they are loved. Shiloh, you know, first of all, thanks so much for being on the show, but just, you know, I'm so proud of everything that you've, you've done and accomplished. What you guys are doing is missionary work. You're saving lives. There's nothing more important than that. Saving lives and changing policy at the same time. You know, thanks for all of your great work in our community, and I look forward to hanging out with you, bro. Yeah, thank you. And, hey, for all those activists that are out there, remember, like, I was a young little kid in front of Vivian, too, and he took me under wing and helped me and taught me lots of stuff. And so don't forget that, you know, he, you know, without him and without people like Bob Quinn, people like me wouldn't exist. So keep teaching the younger generation. Thanks, bro. Now I want to get to a weekly feature for him present on CannabisRadio.com, and that is the quote of the week, and here it is. Quote, if you want to engage with drug users and build their trust, you have to provide something meaningful to them. A stem or a pipe helps build that relationship. It makes it more likely that they'll return for advice or medical care if you've provided them with something useful in your first interaction, something you didn't have to give them. And that is Alan Clear, the executive director of the Harm Reduction Coalition in New York City. That concludes this installment of Hemp Present on Cannabis Radio. Email me at hemppresent at gmail.com. I'll give that email again in a few seconds. I want to thank my power peeps in the control room, Hannah and Brasco, and all the Cannabis Radio sponsors and advertisers. Join me next week for some more cannabis confabulation and reefer repartee with some hempy hero on a journey to justice. Because when it comes to prohibition, you have the right not to remain silent. Activism requires a voice, so find yours and speak up for justice. Because resistance is fertile. Until then, my friends, stay strong, stand tall, and toke it easy. Don't forget to email me at himpresent at gmail.com. The himpresent theme song, Take Back the Plant, is performed by Stickerbush and sung by a much younger version of myself. Turn up the music, maestro. I'm out. Marijuana! THC! Sweet sativa!
The opinions expressed on this CannabisRadio.com program are those of the guests and hosts and do not necessarily reflect those of the staff and management of CannabisRadio.com. Any rebroadcast or redistribution without proper consent of CannabisRadio.com is prohibited. When you visit Arizona, time is measured in moments, not minutes. Like the moment you see the Grand Canyon for the first time. Visit a new state of mind. Learn more at hereyouareaz.com. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply.